You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Less Stress in Life podcast. Today, we are talking to guest Dr. Laura DeCesaris, a functional medicine doctor who serves as a health and performance coach for busy, driven women. She helps female entrepreneurs align their brain and body for optimal health so they can maintain their high performance lifestyle without burning out. Welcome, Dr. Laura. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Can you share a little more about your background and how you came to become interested in functional medicine? Sure. Like, so like many other practitioners in the functional medicine world, um, I dealt with some health issues when I was in my early twenties and didn't have much luck in the traditional allopathic model. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which is a chronic autoimmune thyroid condition. And at the ripe age of 21, I was too stubborn to accept that being on thyroid medication for the rest of my life was the only option I have. So I started researching more about it. And through my research, I found these kind of providers who are called functional medicine providers. And what that really is, is diving into things like nutrition and lifestyle and stress and sleep and your hormone health, and how all of these things work together to kind of result in whatever symptoms, whatever condition you may be dealing with. So for me, it was very eye-opening to learn about how my lifestyle and how my nutrition were directly impacting my health. Um, I've, I've met so many functional providers who have similar stories. And I, I think for most of us, we get into it for that reason, that we wanted more answers and we wanted to understand, well, why did I get this condition? Why am I experiencing this now? And what can I do to take action day in and day out to alleviate my symptoms and feel and perform better. For those that don't know what allopathic medicine is, could you explain that model versus functional medicine model? Sure. So allopathic or sometimes called conventional medicine here in the U.S. is our our typical healthcare system. So you get a problem, maybe like a headache or bloating or constipation. You go to the doctor and they typically give you something to get rid of that symptom. Um, that model is very good for identifying diseases, for emergency medicine, for infections, but with some of these chronic inflammatory disorders, things like autoimmune illness, things like IBS and gut issues, a lot of patients don't have much luck in that model because they're such multifaceted conditions. That's where functional medicine really shines. It's a little bit more root cause based, a little bit more preventative preventative and holistic in nature. And it serves as a a nice counterbalance to that allopathic model. So I always like to say it's not either or it's how do we use both of these to, to really get the best of both worlds when it comes to your health. So can you speak a little bit to how stress might impact some of those chronic conditions? Sure. So we know from studies and just from observing things that Stress, a lot of us think about it as just when we feel it emotionally, like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. I have so much going on. But really on the cellular level, it impacts things like your hormones, how well your brain works, 
It can actually ramp up inflammatory pathways in your body, causing inflammation or a worsening of inflammation if you already have it. Um, it can also really zap your nutrient stores, meaning you need a higher level of targeted nutrition to do the same thing as a person who doesn't have high stress levels. Um, I like to compare it to if you're putting increased demand on your body, you need to increase the supply. So stress goes so much deeper than just those kind of emotional feelings than emotional manifestations of it. It's really impacting every cell in our body and it can wreak a lot of havoc if it goes poorly managed or unchecked for a long time. Women have lots of stress and those that do often say that they feel like their hormones are out of whack. So what you're saying is that's probably true if I understood your last response. Could you talk about that and give us some insight as to why those hormones are so effective and what they might do to help them get back in balance. I hear that a lot too. And I, I think you're probably in agreement with this. When we hear women say that they're, they're often referring to things like their thyroid hormones or their reproductive hormones, things like estrogen and progesterone. Maybe they're experiencing um, hot flashes or menopausal symptoms or PMS. The thing is, when we look at all of the different hormone systems in our body, whether it is estrogen, whether it's cortisol, which is the big stress hormone, whether it's your thyroid hormone, they all work together. It's really hard to separate each one out and say, oh, well, I'm stressed. So it's only impacting, you know, my stress hormones. No, it does impact all of them. Now, if we're talking just one quick stressor in time, the body's pretty resilient. It can, it can rise to the challenge and rebalance effectively. But what I think you're asking about is women who are experiencing long-term stress day in and day out at all stages of life. Um, and this is where things can get a little problematic and can impact those hormones because they are working so closely together. So let's say a woman does have high levels of stress maybe she's having trouble managing them or doesn't even know where to start when it comes to managing them. This impacts this hormone cortisol that I mentioned. Cortisol normally goes up and down throughout the day. It's responsible for our energy levels, but when we're constantly bombarded with stress, it goes totally haywire and we can get really elevated levels of cortisol for a long time. And eventually they crash. And then it's like a cortisol flat line. Just that one change in hormone in cortisol, it can mean no sleep. It can mean no ovulation or no cycle. If you still have one, it can increase the chance that you experience hot flashes or other menopausal symptoms. It can impact your thyroid function. And the longer it goes on, the harder of a time the body has keeping up with that. It's trying so hard to keep everything balanced and regulated, but it's, it's just can't keep responding to these abnormal stress signals over time. And so to a woman that feels like, wow, I don't know what's going on, but all this crazy stuff is happening. And I have no idea where it started or how it's even related. Um, it can look like, like I said, no sleep. It can look more like traditional hormonal symptoms, but it really is all connected. So if we are aligning the brain and body for optimal health, can you share a little bit about your approach and what that might look like for somebody who's listening? Sure. And this is actually a good segue from the hormonal conversation because we forget a lot that the brain actually has a really big role in regulating all of these hormones. 
the brain actually has a bunch of the kind of regulator glands that helps keep all these hormones in check. So if the, the brain and body signaling is not what it could be, we don't get those normal regulation and stress is a big thing that kind of causes this brain body disconnect a little bit. So when I work with clients, first and foremost, and I'm sure you two can relate to this, I like to start with mindset. Um, how are they viewing stress? What is their relationship to stress? Can they ever see it as a positive? Do they even know where to start with stress management techniques? And most importantly, are they ready and willing to maybe make some changes in their lifestyle to help really reduce that stress and that experience of it? Um, it's always great to jump into protocols and labs, but really if from a mindset perspective, we're not ready for that, I don't feel like it's going to be as effective as it could be. Once we're in that mindset and we're, we're okay, we're ready to make changes. We're ready to learn. We're going to make that reconnection. Then I like to learn a little bit about how are you wired? So how is each woman wired to handle stress? There's a lot of really cool DNA testing that can be done at home just with a simple saliva test that tells us a little bit about how your body is wired to handle stress, your productivity, your motivation, um, getting an understanding of, of what the baseline is for each woman helps me create a plan that's really tailored to her biology. So now we have her readiness to change from a mindset perspective. We know how she's wired to change. And now we can start looking at, all right, well, if you have been stressed for a long time, what are your baseline hormone levels? Are things where they should be? Are they out of the ideal range? Do we need to increase them? Do we need to decrease them? So the body is much more like a chemistry lab than anything else. It's looking at all of these different factors and how to find the right formula that works for you. I find that most women go out and they say, okay, I need to know what's the next diet I got to follow and what's the exercise plan. And I wish it was that simple, but that's the easy part. It's all of these other things that we really need to look at to find, uh, you know, the plan that's going to work for each woman. And it looks different for all of us. Um, there's really no one size fits all solution with this, but in the long run, I find you save yourself a lot of time and frustration by finding out this deeper knowledge of yourself and how your body works instead of just focusing on the nutrition part of it. Yeah. The answers really are on the inside as opposed to the outside. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think as women, sometimes we forget about those powerful gut feelings and our intuition about our health. We, we kind of get a little disconnected from it, right? We're like, nope, it's my diet and my blood work. And that's great. But I think we've all felt it at some point if we're, maybe we're following a nutrition plan or we just know something isn't quite right. And I, I really encourage women to pay attention to those cues because nobody knows your body better than you do at the end of the day. So many times they get caught up in that stress soup mess and they don't even know what their body feels like anymore because they're so disconnected. What are some of your favorite stress relieving tools that you use for yourself? Yeah. And before I say that, I'm so glad you said that the stress soup, because that, that really is what it is. We get completely disconnected from those own, our own internal cues and repairing that relationship is such an important starting place for all of this. Um, I have a lot of different tools I've used, but some of my favorites I'll share I'll share two big categories. The first is if you're listening and you're more of like a, a data-driven woman, you need numbers, you need to understand what's happening here. Um, there's actually a lot of like wearable technology now, things like Fitbits, things like Aura Rings 
that they track something called your heart rate variability or HRV. And what your, your heart rate variability can tell us a lot about is what is your, your readiness to handle and adapt to stress. And when we try and incorporate more stress reducing activities, maybe like a form of exercise or breath work or something else, we can actually see how your heart rate variability responds to that. So for those women who do feel very disconnected, like I don't even know how to cue into these, those technology pieces can be helpful to help you tap into that again and see, oh, wow, this is actually directly impacting how I can handle stress. So you kind of get a little biofeedback to keep doing these activities. Um, for me personally, I've found that getting outside and walking and just being outside away from my technology for part of the day, every day has been number one, most important. And it sounds really simple, but I would challenge, I would challenge anyone listening to think about, have I done that literally every day for the past month? Because I think a lot of women would say, huh, maybe I did not do that. (laughs) Maybe I just walked out to the car and back, but really getting away from all the stimulation. That's just part of our lives now can help help you get a little bit of a nervous system reset and reduce that stress. Um, the second is definitely forms of breath work. I like breathing. We all should like breathing. We have to do it anyway to stay alive and it's free. So it's a great starting place, but I find a lot of women don't know how to breathe correctly when they're stuck in that stress soup. Again, they're, they're doing a lot of this breathing with their shoulders, very shallow, and they're, they're forgetting to take the big deep belly breaths that we actually need to tap into the part of our nervous system that helps us regulate stress. So it can be as simple as closing your eyes when you're laying in bed at night and just taking a couple big breaths with your hand on your belly so that you can feel your belly rising or there's breath work classes. A lot of people have put videos up on YouTube if you kind of want to go through a whole experience now, but as a stress management and nervous system regulation tool, I think that's one that everybody can start doing like yesterday. I have an interesting story to share about sleep. And so I just returned from Costa Rica. And when I was there, we walked, we ate healthy, I did some work, and we slept. And I was getting four plus hours of deep sleep, which was just amazing, because that's not been the case. So we arrived home and fell back into similar habits, which were still pretty healthy and included, you know, walking, eating well, doing some work, but we introduced one thing and that was TV. And my deep sleep went from four hours to less than one hour. I was still in bed for the same amount of time But it was, so we made a pact last night. The first one who touches the remote to the TV is, you know, is sabotaging this shift in deep sleep. But that was a really big one for me. And I'm one of those people who like to measure things. So that is is a huge change for sure. And I, I think, I think a lot of us, think, and I've fallen into this trap before too, especially at the end of the day, it's like, oh, let's wind down and watch TV. Cause we feel like it's not taking a lot of cognitive ability. We're just kind of hanging out, watching it, but our, 
our brain is still working hard. Mm-hmm. And then we ask it to go to sleep right away. And we haven't really allowed it to, to start to wind down, which it sounds like when you were away in Costa Rica, it had plenty of time because TV wasn't exactly. in the picture. So how powerful that you noticed that difference. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And sleep yeah. is so important for us on so many levels. Can you talk a little bit about how easy it is to restore sleep once you get those cortisol levels back in check? Yeah, I I think that's one of the most common reasons for disrupted sleep in women is that cortisol pattern is all over the place. Um, And to help you really understand it, if you're listening and you're like, how is that related to sleep? Most of you have heard of something called the circadian rhythm, right? It's what wakes us up in the morning. It's how we go to sleep at night. And it it involves this relationship between cortisol and something called melatonin, which is our hormone that helps us with sleep. The two of those are like a yin-yang. When one is high, the other is low, they balance each other out. So if we know we need to make melatonin to go to sleep, but we have really high cortisol all day long, we never get the signal to make it. So you can feel like you're totally wired. You can have trouble falling asleep. You can wake up at two in the morning, wide awake. You can get all of these sleep issues and it doesn't matter how many sleeping pills you take or anything else. You really need to fix that cortisol and and restore that circadian rhythm for yourself. And it honestly, once we figure out what is wrong with your cortisol, it, it doesn't take that much to change it. It can be as simple as just getting targeted light exposure to natural sunlight at a couple times during the day and, and making sure we have a really good nighttime routine that lets our brain start winding down a little bit more. So if you figure out what's going wrong, it's much more easy to find the plan to get you back to a good sleep schedule versus when you're just kind of guessing and saying, oh, well, maybe I'll try this, or maybe this is the ticket. Once you know the reason for it, it's very simple to find the solution to it. Um, so for most women, if that's the problem, obviously we need to address the stress, but we can do all of these other things to at least help support the body. Because as soon as you get a good night's sleep, everything seems not quite as bad in life is, is the way I think most people would agree with. <laughs> yeah. All is right in the world when you have a good night's sleep. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today to have this important conversation If you'd like some tools to help you, you can reach out to Dr. Laura at where? Dr. Laura, where do they find you? So my website is www.drlauradecessoris.com and you can find me on Instagram or Facebook under the same names, Dr. Laura Decessoris. And we'll put all the connection points in our show notes to make that easy for you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. For more tips on living life with less stress and more heart, please follow us on social media or check out our website at lessstressinlife.com. 